When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the KSR Football Podcast presented by our friends at Justice Diddle. Nick Roush here uh, in the middle of the madness at KS Bar on a very busy Sports Monday. We're going a little bit earlier than normal. The Cats won at Mississippi State on Saturday, but tonight the basketball team tips things off. First day of college basketball. It's just it's going to be a little crazy, so we're starting a little bit early. Drew Franklin is with us doing one of his 17 shows today. <laughs> Drew, um, our, how's the voice holding up so far? We're on the second of four shows. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I had the uh, start early with the morning post. We all love those on the website. I uh, did the morning show. Now this, I'm going to go straight from this into the pregame show, then cover the game. Then I'm doing the postgame show. Going to get, get a couple hours of sleep. Tomorrow's morning show, and immediately after tomorrow's morning show, fade this podcast. So oh. any word I say for the next day is going to be recorded and put out to the masses. It's just nonstop. Uh, it's it's a little crazy. It's a little chaotic, but it is kind of fun. We, we get to watch Kentucky play basketball tonight. Um, our friends at Prospects, you know them, the Daily Fantasy Sports app. You can now play Kentucky basketball like today. DJ Wagner over ten and a half points, more than ten and a half points. Hit the, hit that square. Maybe going to tie that up with a little bit of Zach Wilson over pa- more passing yards on the prospects. It's a lot of fun if you haven't played prospects before. It is your go-to for all daily fantasy sports. You can choose between two to six players. Just pick more or less. If your combination wins, up to 25 times your money on your entry. All first-time users download the prospects app. And use promo code KSR. Get a hundred percent instant deposit match on up to hundred. Dollars. It's available in 31 states nationwide. Get in on the action this football season, this basketball season with prospects. We'll have a nice college basketball, NFL, college football, double dipping. There's a lot of football going on. Like it with Maxion's back. It's all the way back. Uh, Toledo is. Are, did they make the top 25? They're they're close to it. So a lot happening in this month of November. That that's just it's. We love it. We love it. Give us all the sports. You can get in all the sports with prospects. With prize picks, you can do it all. And included in that is over-unders, or oh, higher or lower, I should say. On yeah, more or less. Anything, anything you could you could ever want. So check that out. Uh, maybe get some Kentucky basketball action, also Kentucky football action, Monday night football action, all of the good stuff right now. We are in um, quite the uh, section of the calendar. You, you know, the, the days are getting shorter, but there's sports everywhere. Um, and football, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. So, a great time to go over to Prize Picks mm-hmm. and, and go have some fun. Brady, I need you to do me a favor. Um, explain to me why the clocks changed yesterday. I thought we were over this. I thought we got rid of the clocks turning back. I have no clue. <clears throat> I've got clocks saying everything in my house. I have <laughs> no freaking clue what time it is. So, I'm just glad to be here. Yeah, I just – I. Falling back is typically a good thing, but now that I have little kids, like they don't know that the clocks have changed, so they just they're used. They just still wake up at the same time. So I, I was I had written my post like at about one fifteen, leaving Starkville the other night, and I you know I get done and I'm kind of piddle farting around. I'm watching something on TV and I look up and it says one one o'clock and I'm like, wait, hold up, no no no, I did this. What's going on here? Because I, I thought I got done at 1 o'clock. It says it's 1 o'clock. I know I've been watching TV for a while. I don't understand it. I thought we were done falling back, but I guess I guess not. I got thrown off when I woke up the morning to a message from Luckett saying he's leaving the press box, you know, our little group text. It mm-hmm. said 1.45 a.m., so I thought he really, really uh, stayed late there in Starkville. Or maybe did you, you did. Did you, did you burn it down Saturday night? Who, who am I to say you didn't shut it down at 1.45? It felt like 4.30 a.m. Uh, as me and Pete drove from Starkville to Tupelo. Uh, drove through beautiful West Point, Mississippi. Oh, did you get a stop in Pontotoc? <laughs> we did not stop <laughs> in Pontotoc. 
uh, <laughs> even though I heard it's a popping town, uh, apparently. <laughs> but very much enjoyed our time in Mississippi. Um, great people, uh, fun time. The weather was awesome. Um, excellent November football weather at that, that time of the year in Mississippi. Um, you got to see a Kentucky blowout win, which was nice after really a month without a victory. So a good change of pace. I'm happy to be the Starkville slump buster of the KSL yeah. family. I, I guess that just means you're going to Starkville forever now, you know? I, I, I told Peak on the way back, I hope this doesn't mean that they just don't send me here for everything. <laughs> it's exactly what it means. It's exactly what it means. That's why Drew always goes to Knoxville for us, because he's the only wait, wait. one that can beat Tennessee down there. If Craig Skinner has a long losing streak, I hope they're not going to sneak me down here on a Wednesday night in <laughs> October to Starkville. Oh, man. Um, uh, Peak did point out that there's, there's not a whole lot between Tupelo and Starkville. I've stopped at a gas station once that had outstanding sausage biscuits. Uh, that was about the only place you could get food. Were there any late night eats in Tupelo, like it? The Tupelo Waffle House is apparently the place to be on Saturday night. That place was buzzing. Uh, Stephen Peake and I decided we're probably not in the right frame of mind to go to this Waffle House right now, so we should probably do something else. But that place was ready. I mean, people were having a time in there, and you could just tell. You could just get the feel that that was a party um, in that Waffle House. Freddie, what's your Waffle House order, your go-to? Oh, goodness. Uh, they shut the one down here in Versailles, so. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. I wow. like a bunch of eggs and hash browns with onions in it for sure. Onions, and yeah. Sausage, I, yeah. Dice. Uh, I, I, I learned, you taught me the, the value of grits. I used to just bypass them, but sometimes if you're really uh, needing something to stick to you, grits and hash browns, just, just mix them all together, make a big pile of goodness. Grits are always in my order. You got to a Waffle House. Yeah. When they say, do you want grits or hash browns? I'm like, what, what is the or in there for? I would like both of those, please. <laughs> yes. I'll take both. And also, yes. I used to think it was sugar in the grits. No, salt is the salt's the way to go. And, also, uh, a huge unhealthy dollop of butter. Yeah. Yeah. I, the gravy. It is Waffle you House. Do, yeah. I mean, when it, <laughs> you're there. You might as well steer into the skid, right? It's like, it's like trying to eat the healthy things at Thanksgiving. What are you wasting your time on the salad for? Like, just just get right into the mashed potatoes. I mean, it's 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 pointless to waste your time otherwise, which, I mean, it is kind of nice knowing that Thanksgiving's around the corner, Thanksgiving eating. Uh, I was having this conversation on the way here with Luckett, but uh, whatever mirage I had of eating or being healthy, like once Halloween candy enters my household, like, it's just done till after bowl season. Like, we're just not there's some late nights who cares like just just splurge treat yourself you know yeah it's time to get thick uh the weather's cold uh like i said we've still got halloween leftovers last night we're watching football and abby's like i think i'm gonna try a new cookie recipe i'm like heck yeah you should try a new cookie recipe so we're just <laughs> randomly eating piles of cookies on uh watching bingles bills so um yeah i think i think we're all about to add an extra chin until spring football I, I got out the pack of Oreos, and Brooke said, we're not counting how many are in there. And if this thing's gone when we're done, it's gone. And by God, it was gone. There was no judgment. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to apologize for a win, just like Mark Stoops. He's not apologizing. It was a by any means necessary win. And I don't know if this was conveyed on the field as much as it was through the broadcast like it, but watching it home, it felt like Mark Stoops was just like, it felt like he would wrapped a rope around this team and he was just going to drag that sled to a win by any means necessary. Um, uh, what he told Kublik and co was that they were in a pit and they just had to get out of it. And I, I got that sense from him that it was just like, he was going to grit his teeth and do whatever he could to make sure this football team must Starkville with a win. Oh, hit the unmute oh. button. Like it. Oh, Oh no, we lost him. We're, we're off and oh, running. There he is. There he is. I do. I do get the sense that Kentucky, f they felt like a desperate football team, and I think they played like that. Um, they knew they had to have that game, and so they were able to jump out on Mississippi State, get a couple three and outs early, get a scoring drive together, get a lead, and really once they went up fourteen three, the game felt over. So I think, 
you know, effort-wise, I've never really had an issue with this team. And, then again, I think they came out, played hard, were focused, were ready to go. I mean, they handle their business against a team that they're better than. And that, that was good to see. Like, they, there was never really a doubt in that game. You know, as soon as Mississippi State kicked that field goal, it, you just felt really good about Kentucky's chances to leave there with a victory as long as they just didn't mess it up in the next possession. Mississippi State was the one that messed it up, and that kind of ended the game. So I think it was good to send a team that was kind of teetering, Mississippi State. You, you, you know, get the atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere, but you definitely got the sense that the fans weren't real high on this team. Um, this team was banged up. They hadn't, hadn't had a lot go right. And as soon as Kentucky was able to hit them with a couple of haymakers early, I felt like the game was over. And that's really what happened. And I think it was just a good thing to see. You had to accomplish this. And now you enter the, this three-game stretch with a chance to go make some noise. The, the drive chart for Mississippi State was so funny. Uh, it was like – Three plays, three plays, 21, three. Freddie, I've never seen anything like that. And as much as we have to point out that Mississippi State's offense is not good and they were playing backup quarterbacks, you do got to give credit to the Kentucky defense who had been in a really rough spot the last three weeks for A, responding at the start of this game and then also not just completely folding when things weren't going their way in that long drive, bouncing back, forcing the field goal, and then getting the big pick six to really, you know, kind of put the game away. Yeah, I thought the uh, the 88-yard drive highlighted some of the things that Kentucky struggled with in October, uh, bad tackling, bad on third down, and losing a receiver in coverage. All, the, all of those happened. Uh, but anything good on the Mississippi State stat line really came from that drive. Other than that, Kentucky shut them out. Um, so I hold them to a field goal there and didn't allow points in the middle eight. There's a lot to be happy about with this defense. I thought they played much better. And um, let's just be honest, it's the first time they've not played a really, really good offense since September. So that helped as well. And, and also I think a, a, healthy, a healthy Trevin Wallace factor too. It was good to see him running from sideline to sideline. The defensive line played really well, in my opinion, was gap sound, uh, secured the edge, didn't let Wright do his thing. So it was a good defensive performance. Trevin had uh, nine tackles, a sack, one and a half TFLs. Um, you also had Zion Childress come up and make a play and knock the hell out of Mike Wright. It was it was good to see that. Um, I, we, we hadn't heard Zion's name called for a lot of positive uh, reasons this year, Drew. It was, it was a lot of times like – Make that tackle. What were you doing? Um, but but all in all, it it did feel good. Just be like, okay, Kentucky stopped the bleeding, and they they won in a place where you haven't. I mean that we joked about it with Luckett, but how many times have you thought Kentucky was the better team down there, and then they just get absolutely shelled? I mean, it's been time and time again. They went down there and and they they did what they needed to do, took care of business, and got the win. Yeah, definitely. It was good to be stress-free. I mean, and not one moment since they went up early in the game after getting a three and out on Mississippi State getting first ball there. Not one moment, one moment did you ever think it was really Mississippi State was going to win that. Kentucky was clearly the better football team. Um, I especially enjoyed, since it, they kept it clean, now if there had been flags, I would have been mad. But, I mean, they showed up to fight. There was a lot of extra stuff, some of it unnecessary. But that, that's the kind of energy and stuff you want to see in those games, especially in Starkville where you kind of have to play like that. We had Tom Hart on the um, on our morning show today, and he talked about there was even just so much more that wasn't even on TV. Uh, you could truly see how both teams wanted to scrap. So I like the way Kentucky showed up and uh, and had that kind of fight, scored early and never looked back. The second half could have been better. I think Luckett said it on our board. It was like a Mark Stoops blowout. You have three points in the in the second half. when they Maybe you wanted to pull away if you want to be picky. But overall, it just felt good to be a, a stress-free evening after that October we just suffered. I can confirm Tom's report. There was a lot more than you saw on TV. Um, Number 42 and number 21 for Kentucky. We're not afraid to mix it up on the kickoff team. Can't, can't confirm that. But Mississippi State, they were, they were, they were playing a role in it too. Um, definitely had a feel of two teams that maybe don't like each other very much. I just – I love that it was the specialist, you know. That's – you get like six snaps a game and you're just – every time I'm taking the field, I'm jawing that entire time down. But you know what? It almost – 
I don't know the severity of the injury, but uh, um, I know Dan Reefer, former ABC guy in town, he had the clip that's going around on Twitter of Jatah McLean getting kind of pushed in the sideline and some offensive lineman just grabbed and jerked his neck around. You know, that was a ugly, ugly play. Um, you know, and ho- hopefully he's not hurt long term, but that uh, – Zach Arnett was asked about it after the first quarter, and – Drew, that was one of the funnier responses I've ever heard. It was basically like, I'm not going to stop, so quit asking. You know, I mean, it was it was very much a football guy. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep fighting their asses because we respect them. That's how, oh yeah, that's how... <laughs> he 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 led with the two teams that respect each other. When obviously, okay, we all see they're fighting. Uh, you don't have to lead with the respect, but he said something like, "They're being physical. We're gonna be physical right back." Just tell us you're going to keep you're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep fighting. We get it. It's kind of like when the officials brought them together and told them to calm down, and no one cares. Like, all right, whatever. And then they went back to fighting. I just so, love it too. Like, it's like Freddie, us, yeah. They're going to make them like hold hands together, and like, yeah, yeah, that's going to work. Oh man, um, but you know what? I don't, I don't expect anything less though between Kentucky and Mississippi State. Which this could be—we uh, joke about it being a regular occurrence, and we're going to have to send you down there all the time. This might be the last time Kentucky plays in Starkville for a significant amount of time. Uh, hell, Texas A&M still hasn't been to Kentucky. We don't know how they're going to uh, switch up that schedule. So this could be, uh, I, you know, four or five. Ten years, God knows what, until the next time oh, Kentucky's no. going to travel to Starkville. That's, that's so sad. Oh no, what will we do? Oh. I, I will say, I will say, um, Kentucky does not get them on the schedule next year, and that could be a tiny bit unfortunate because they could maybe go through a coaching change. They could maybe have a transfer exodus. Um, they could be in rough shape next year. So it was good that Kentucky got this win now, but that's probably a team you would want to play uh, next year. And I, they're pretty much – you look at Kentucky's schedule, they're getting replaced by Auburn, essentially. Um, they'll get Auburn at home along with Georgia, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. And so, But you're right, Nick, that could be the last time Kentucky's in Starkville in like a half decade, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I know your ears – did you do the earplugs? Did you, did you bring any with you down to the stadium, or were they quiet long enough where you didn't need them? I wore these. Uh, okay. Most of the nice. games. About the fourth quarter, I could take them off. Um, the only thing you could really hear was a guy sitting below the press box just screaming at Zach Arnett for um, just about the entire quarter. So uh, it would, but like I said, it was very much they were into it early, but they were as soon as something bad happened, you could tell they were they were kind of half in, half out. They were ready to move on from that game. They were kind of expecting a bad yeah. development for the Bulldogs to happen on Saturday night. And I think you have to credit Kentucky for making that happen uh, because it could have got – like if they go and score on that 20-play drive, a touchdown, and you get in a situation where it's probably 7-7 at half, right? And you mm-hmm. got the crowd's going to be extra into it because they're still in the game in the second half. Um, you got an offense that labored is it, that has some confidence. And so it was – that game was very close to, I think, being a close football game. But Kentucky gets the stop, gets the pick six, and then gets that middle eight touchdown drive in, in succession there in the second quarter pretty much. Boom, 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 ball game. I enjoyed all the scenes with the Cowbells. Like uh, there's a picture of Deion Walker holding one up. I think J.J. Weaver had one on the KSR postgame show. Ryan hosted it, and a guy called in, and he was just ringing it in downtown Starkville. He's like, I'm not going to tell you how I got this. But it was like his way of planting the flag by calling in and ringing their bells. So uh, it was nice to, to flip it back on them once the game was out of hand and see there's all the Kentucky a, fans celebrating with them. Hold up. There's a downtown Starkville? <laughs> I guess. It's just, he, he, he just went looking for the, the fast food joint on the corner where he could find anybody. Them's fighting right. words. If, if he would have got his bell rung, though, and his teeth jarred loose, uh, he could call Justice Dental. They're proud presenting sponsors of the KSR Football Podcast. They'll fix your teeth. Whether you get a tooth knocked loose uh, from fighting somebody in Starkville for ringing cowbells, or whether you just need a cleaning, you can call them at 859-543-0700 or visit them at justicedental.com to set up your appointment. Uh, they can do just about everything. Your one-stop shop for all your dental needs from veneers 
to cleanings, full mouth restoration, whatever you need. Doc Thompson and Dr. Justice at Justice Dental. They'll help you out at either one of their two locations in Lexington, Blazer Parkway and Wellington Way. JusticeDental.com. Visit them today. Um, Freddie, I wanted to bring up the offense and just ask you, it obviously wasn't pretty, but they did have a great opening drive, and they got the two-minute drive, which we hadn't seen a lot of that this year. The The middle eight worked well. Not only did they score, but they, they ran down the clock as much to where Mississippi State didn't have enough time to go down and try to get a score of their own to equalize before halftime. Yeah, I called that the kill drive. That, you know, same opportunity had – was the same against Missouri, did not take advantage of that. The kill drive is you're up 14 to three, 14 nothing. You got a chance to put this thing away. And Kentucky went from their own 37, Dane Key called a touchdown with 52 seconds left, ran the ball effectively. And I think that's the frustration with this offense is you see the opening drive, you see the kill drive, you see them doing things really good. But then you see Mississippi State with seven tackles for loss. A lot of those on first down. Too much penetration. Pass blocking was bad. I mean, it was it was an ugly win. But there was points when the offense looked good, and I think that's where the frustration comes. But again, you did enough to win when you had to win. Just get out of there with a victory and get on back. Yeah, I think there was three developments in the second half. On the first possession, that third down where it's almost a pick six by Leary, Leary makes a bad read. Barry and Brown runs a corner out out of the bunch. You couldn't really see it on a TV copy. He gets behind the squatting corner. I mean, he's wide open. It's a He could have catched it and backpedaled in the end zone from about the 40-yard line. And so that was a missed opportunity. Dane's drop, drop slash thing that should have been reviewed, that's a touchdown. Could have yep. put you up right there. That's a missed opportunity. And then. Leary getting banged up because they got the ball at the Mississippi State, I think, 41 possession. All they needed a first down in your field goal range, right? You know, they go backwards with Kai Sharon in there. So they left. If you kind of look at that, to me, that's potentially 21 points in just those three instances, and they only got three points. So, I mean, they left some points. Like, this very easily could have been a 35-3 to win if they just execute on those. So they definitely left some meat on the bone um, there in the second half. But I think kind of the story of the game was the run game inefficiency. They were just getting in so many second and longs that it just mm -hmm. made everything tougher. And that's a good Mississippi State pass rush. And you just gave them more opportunities to pin their ears back because they had a lot of passing downs, a lot of second and longs, a lot of third and longs. And you're going to lose battles against that group if you're in a, a bunch of those situations. And so I think all those kind of added up to be kind of the issue – and then, obviously, I think the game script took over. Like, as soon as you got up 14-3, you weren't winning, losing that game unless you really messed something up like by giving them points or whatever. So, I think that all factored in. But you're right. It was clunky in the second half, and you would like to see them execute better. But a lot of that starts with the run game. Like, you've got to be able to run the football better. Yeah, Kentucky only had 110 yards on 29 carries. That's not great. Mark Stoops, he – for the lack of a better term, he I mean, he just caught, straight up called out the Kentucky offensive line and described their play as inexcusable because some of what Mississippi State does, he's like, you know, it, it can be confusing at times, but there's other things that we've repped and we should be able to execute on day one. And not only was it the rushing game, Devin Leary was under pressure on 47% of his dropbacks. That's way too many. He was running for his life, and you know what? It was entertaining as hell to watch him get away from some of them. That were some of the best plays, right? Those broken plays where he's escaping um, and getting the ball downfield. Uh, but then one of those where he avoids the sack, gets it to Barryon Brown, and Barryon's just you know a foot out of bounds. It goes down, he smacks the turf, and he gets hurt. And now we're sitting there wondering, well, what the hell's going on with Will? Because he goes out of the game, but he's not down. So since he doesn't just fall down, they throw Kai in. It's a mess because he, they didn't have the injury timeout, so they got to call a timeout. they got to burn a timeout to avoid to delay a game. Um, he comes back into the game, but then they say he can't read the plays right. And so what is it? Is, he, is there something in his eye? Does he have a head injury? Is it a concussion? 
And what, what's the deal here? Um, Drew, today we got some more from Mark Stoops. Um, he can read today. So good news. He couldn't read. Now he can read. Uh, that's a big update. Uh, we do like our quarterbacks to be able to read. Uh, that That's good. I'm with you, though. I mean, you've shared the clips many times. That was a concerning, you know, the way his head hit the, the turf there. That seems a little more concerning concerning more long-term. I don't have any clue how concussion protocol works, if there's a law or a rule in place that he has to sit out or anything. But Stoops will not say anything else other than it's vision. How many times we asked today? Three? And he just seemed to – would not go any further than – he can read, and it's eye-related. But I don't know. So there's more to what we're getting on that. Because you can see where maybe something like a contact gets jarred loose. And is that natural grass like it or artificial? It is natural grass. Oh, well, hell. It's hoping it might be one of those rubber pellets or something get in your eye. Maybe that one mess with it. Um, I, I get migraines, and they're all optical. So, like, I can understand the blurry vision when you've got a badass headache or a concussion uh to answer your question though drew there is no sort of like in the nfl they have a universal concussion protocol there's not there's nothing about college football that's universal um so uh, <laughs> i figured that'd be hard to keep up with <laughs> yeah so you know and like it could have been you know maybe over here he says like oh you know i'm fine i'm good and then he realizes oh snap i can't see anything um but yeah, look, and I don't, I don't really know what to think going into this Alabama game, other than I'm, I, I, I'm going to expect them to play until I hear otherwise. Yeah, I mean, we're all speculating on what his issue was. Seems like a concussion on the surface to me, or a concussion potential concussion. So we'll see. I, I believe it's at the discretion of the schools, Nick, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure. On that, I would have to get that confirmed on what the concussion kind of protocols are for Kentucky, but I believe it's on the school's discretion. So we'll just we'll just have to wait and see. But you're, uh, I wasn't surprised that we didn't get clarity from Mark Stoops today, whether he's good or not. Uh, they're going to keep that hush hush as long as they can, and so that's just kind of where we are. And it it does does kind of take some I think some of the air out of the room when it comes to this week because you don't know if Kentucky's going to have Leary or not. So what would the offense even look like without him? And that's just – we're going to have to play the waiting game, unfortunately, and see how that all shakes out. But definitely was a weird situation there. Uh, and Mark Stoop, they typically don't pull quarterbacks early like that either. No, no. So you knew, you, he, he had he's to not know a big some, backup guy, yeah. You had to know something was up. And right, as of right now, it's clear as mud. And so, again, playing the waiting game. We are certainly doing that. Um, but in the meantime, hey, the cats are bowl eligible. That's pretty awesome. Drew, do you remember when you made a hat that said <laughs> make Kentucky bowl eligible again? Oh, man, I should have. Uh, it's it's not far from me. I should have been more prepared and worn it today. But, uh, yes, I remember that very well. I still have it. I need to throw that on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Joe asks if Kentucky versus Duke in a bowl game, perhaps. Maybe that could be the case. I – you know, we're looking at the kind of projected stuff. Uh, so Arkansas losing, Mississippi State losing. Uh, there's probably not going to be as many bowl eligible, like, or not Arkansas losing, Florida losing. But that'll probably keep them from bowl eligibility. It's going to be tough for Arkansas to get there, tough for Mississippi State to get there. You're probably not going to have as many bowl eligible teams, so it probably knocks the Liberty Bowl against a Big 12 team like West Virginia out of contention. So, yeah, it's it's going to – long story short, unless, I, I, you know, something weird happens, you're probably playing in one of these pool of six games, probably going to go to the Mayo Bowl in Charlotte. Charlotte's a lot of fun. But I, I think the moral of the story in this whole situation is that there are many worse places to be than where Kentucky's at right now because they're talking about hot seats with Billy Napier and big buyouts with Sam Pittman – and there's a lot worse places to be than seven and five, eight and four in the SEC. So I, you can't take that for granted. And the way you have to look at it too, even if Kentucky beats Beamer at South Carolina, you have the chance to end a season with Louisville being ten and one or nine and two, 
and you have a chance to really give them some sour grapes there. It's similar to their Lamar Jackson season where you can knock them out of a New Year's Six, and even if they're going to that ACC championship game, you can go to their house and beat a ranked Louisville team and play party pooper. That's kind of your bowl game this year. And then after that, it's just fun for the players and the fans that want to go on a road trip to a different city. Like if, if we go back to Charlotte, Charlotte's a lot of fun. Now, like that, that the downtown there, it's a nice setup. It's easy to walk to the stadium. There's a lot of stuff to go and do. So like, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too hung up on it because it's, there's a lot worse places to be right now than where Kentucky's at as a program. Yeah, Nick, I think you said the pool of six. That's artist formers only known as the Outback Bowl. That's the Texas Bowl. That's the Music City Bowl. That's Mayo. That's Gator. Mm-hmm. There's one more I'm missing. Um, um, yeah, Liberty, I think. You, they're in there. That's okay. at the bottom it's of Liberty it. Liberty in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Liberty's at the bottom. Okay. The important thing to remember is Kentucky cannot go back to Nashville. Thank yes. you. Thank you, God. Uh, we don't have to do that again. So you're looking at – to me, it's like it's kind of coming down to Charlotte, Jacksonville. They're going to send A&M most likely to Houston for the Texas Bowl. Just from location, A&M hasn't been there in a while. a and is going to be like 7-5. Uh, that, that's probably going to happen. Uh, and this league could get two to three teams in the New Year's Six slash college football playoff. Could potentially get four in there. And so that could maybe move Kentucky up a slot. So I don't – Gator Bowl, I think, is still really on the table here. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. But if you're in Charlotte or Jacksonville, that's an ACC opponent. So you're looking at potentially Duke. You're looking at potentially North Carolina. You're looking at potentially Miami. Ooh. Clemson could maybe get into that Duke's Mayobo mix. So that's what you're kind of looking at right there. Uh, but it, do- it does seem like the options are limited. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did where we stand right now, but Kentucky still... Got to go win some games. If they win some games, mm. things might even open up to where you could potentially, maybe, who knows, maybe even get into that Tampa discussion because that's a place Kentucky hasn't been in a long time. But I think they got to get bare minimum eight and four to even crack that door open. So let's 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 play this out real quick, Freddie. What if it's Cats, Clemson, Charlotte, North Carolina? We've got the Duke's Mayo Bowl press conference. Mork Stoops and Dabo Swinney are up there at the podium. What are you asking, uh, old Dabo? I just can't do it. I, I can't. I can't do Dabo. So I'm not watching. <laughs> I, I just can't. I, I, I don't know. I just. I'm out. Uh, Portal. Have you heard of it? I'll sit down and listen. This morning we had a caller ask if we were ready for Dabo of Florida, and Freddie said he's boycott, boycotting all things SEC football. If uh, Dabo's a part of it, why would uh, Dabo to Florida? Where's yeah, that, that was a, that's yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's a weird thing in its own. I just we already got some pretty clear Dabo thoughts from Freddie today. I don't I don't think he's a Dabo fan. Uh, you're not buying the Dabo stock, Freddie? Come on, no, I, no, I just can't, man. You know, there's certain coaches you just can't, you know, stomach or watch or whatever. And, He's number one for me. Can't do it. Speaking of coaches we can't stomach, how's Beamer's foot? Um, I have, have there been updates? Is he? I haven't. I, I haven't been bored enough to watch South Carolina football. Is he, is he wearing anything well, on the sideline? I'd assume it's pretty good because they had a dance party after beating Jacksonville State. Apparently, <laughs> there you go. yeah, they and did. Then, Maybe uh, he did the spring. Got, the old Lisa he, Turtle he spring. Got, he got questioned about it, and uh, he went on another one of his many rants. So. Yeah, we're not not take thief of joy. We're not going to take our joy. Um, was, I wonder was if his it punter's shell. Yeah, I wonder if his punter's foot's okay after he decided to do the Eli Drinkwitz fake and throw a jump ball forty yards down the field to uh, to one of his players. It as you might expect, it did not work. I think if you ran that play a hundred times, it would only work once, and we saw the one time it did work. Um, but Beamer, that's. 
Ooh, the lead into that game. Um, that's going to be something else. Uh, oh, God. I can't stand him. Um, but, yeah, we could get Dabo in a bowl game. Well, Clemson, Kentucky, it'll be throwback. It'll, uh, I believe Dabo, that was his first bowl win, was against Kentucky in the 2007 8 Music City Bowl, something like that. Or 2009, after the, the last, yes. Brooks's last game. I believe Dabo was the interim, and he beats Kentucky. They take the interim tag off, and uh, it's been all Dabo ever since. So, Back when Kentucky was winning those Music City Bowls with Brooks, you had Woodyard. I mean, there was the number one win over LSU, but those Music City Bowls, I didn't think life got better than that. When we were in those, after not being in bowls for so long, we talk about where the program is now, and I'm not trying to steer it down that debate. But I legit thought that was the mountaintop for Kentucky football when they beat Clemson in Nashville. I was there for that and didn't think life could get any better. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously the goals are bigger, but to <laughs> at least have yeah. that. I mean, you know, you, you just you, – the bar – to your point, Drew, the maximum is now the minimum, right? We'd be losing our damn minds. That was a must-win game because you needed to be bowl eligible and you needed to beat that Mississippi State team who was not very good. I mean – that's that's moving things in the right direction. Now, um, obviously, they still have problems. Uh, you know, we'll see how much of them are addressed this offseason. And you can also kind of see, hey, are you able to are you able to do anything this weekend, right? Like, if Louis healthy, are you able to mess around and make this game fun? Um, Drew, I know you were wanting Bama for a while. Uh, are we still are we still wanting Bama? I. Not quite as much as I wanted them before. I'm not hiding under my desk, but uh, I just have a little something in my eye when I'm going to place that money line bet right now. I'm not quite ready. Oh, you can't read to, it very well. Yeah, I, I need. I need to know. I need to know full injury reports. I need to know full status of Leary before I completely commit to it. But I'm not running from it yet. I just there was a there was a point before the season started. I thought it, uh, Alabama would be a little worse off than they are, and I thought Kentucky would be better than they are, and I wanted all the smoke. I've, I've told my couch several times I'm going to light it on fire on November 11th. Now that it's actually here, I'm, I'm backpedaling just a little bit. The uh, Mark Stoops, he references once uh, his once often used line was, uh, it's a nooner, need everybody to get there early and do you know what, and if – you want to get there really early. They're opening the tailgate lots early. Um, so go ahead, go to the Game Time app, put in promo code KSR. You'll get 20 bucks off your first purchase with Game Time. And you can get tickets to watch the Cats play Alabama, who was rocking and rolling last week against LSU. Whether it's that game at Bryant-Denny Stadium that's packed, whether it's Kroger Field, or whether you're going to go hang out with us in Columbia to listen to a little sandstorm at Williams-Brice Stadium. Game Time, it's the best way to get last-minute tickets. For the best price possible, they do flash deals. Um, actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and pull up the Game Time app right now because sometimes they do, you know, like it's there's a game tonight at Rupp Arena, and I bet I bet there's some seats available, Mr. Franklin, on the Game Time app. Just just to <laughs> guess here, I'm, I expect there will be several available because Game Time uh, has everything you need, and there will be empties there at the game. Um. Oh wow! I can get twenty dollar tickets. For the game at Louisville already, uh, that's kind of nice. Wow! Yeah. Oh, uh, one dollar. I mean, that's just an amazing deal. One dollar to go watch Kentucky basketball. So yeah, what are you waiting for? Two dollars. I have one dollar right here. This this gets me into the game. Yeah, with our friends at Game Time. That's all you got to do. Download the app. It's great. You get the tickets on your phone. So don't have any plans for Monday night. Download the Game Time app. Promo code KSR. I don't know if they give you money if it's only two dollars on your purchase. I don't know how that works. We'll have to consult them. But Game Time, <laughs> it's the best app out there. Promo code KSR. Twenty dollars off your first purchase with our friends at Game Time. Uh, Freddie, uh, many people were worried, thought Jalen Milrow was bad early on in the year. Um, I think he's figured something out in that that offense. I think I, I think Tommy Reese and Milrow kind of got something cooking now. Yeah, you know, Alabama is peaking right now. And, you know, I made a lot of notes for Bama because it is Bama. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool, right? So uh, they're peaking right now. I think this is one of uh, Nick Saban's best coaching jobs that he's done because he doesn't have the first-round quarterback and he's had to develop that. New coordinators, which 
isn't very rare for him. And Milro, the way he's progressing, I mean, he's just he's getting better by the week. So is this Alabama team. Uh, and then lastly, Alabama's in the playoff push mode, right? So they're they're all into impressing people. So I that, think that will come into factor on Saturday because they want to be in that final four and, and they need to they don't they don't need, don't need to. Not only need to try to win, but they need to try to impress. So, uh, I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see Bama ready to play. So that's why Kentucky's got to be able to match that, especially physically in the physicality department, and then hopefully if Leary can get on the field. The thing I worry about, Luckett, is I know that I just. Worry about Luckett, uh, about Luckett being able to get pressure. Alabama <laughs> being able to sit back and get pressure on. I also area. worry about me, uh, my swim move working on Bama's left tackle. Uh, <laughs> speed but, to, my but, speed to power might not go anywhere, uh, anywhere, Nick, against Caden uh, Proctor. But but how can Kentucky operate offensively in the passing game if? Alabama doesn't have to commit to a, bu- a bunch of guys into the box, commit a bunch of guys to the rush, right? Like that That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Is Are they able to find holes in the Alabama defense at all if they can generate a rush with just four down linemen? Yeah, it's going to be tough for Kentucky's offense. I think a lot of this game, can Kentucky's defense help keep them in it? And these other games, they really haven't helped keep them in it. And these other big, off, big, big good offenses they have played. Uh, a couple interesting things for me this game. This is Alabama's first road trip in a month. It's going to be their first road game since October 7th. Like, they've been at home for a long time. And they're coming off probably the two biggest games on their schedule. Um, they knew they had to beat Tennessee and LSU at home to get to where they wanted to get to. And they got back-to-back A efforts, so you have to credit them. But they are going on the road for the first time in a while, and they have struggled a little bit away from home the last three years um, under Nick Saban for whatever reason. You know, they squeaked out a win at, a, uh, at A&M, and they beat – Mississippi State by 23. Kentucky beat Mississippi State by 23. Or 21, excuse me, on the road. Uh, so, like, this is – they are peaking. That's the scary part, I think, what Freddie alluded to. Um, and Milrow's hitting a bunch of bombs in the passing game. Um, so, that's worrisome, especially if you got to commit, commit numbers to the box, which probably Kentucky's going to have to do to slow down this run game. Um, so, that is worrisome. But, to me, Kentucky's just got to start playing better in these types of games specifically against top ten opponents. Uh, a lot of these losses are all by 17-plus against these two te- these top teams. I think the only one they didn't lose by 17 against a top ten team during Stoops' current run since 2016 was Florida in 2019, the Sawyer-Smith game, when they lost by eight. So they just got to start playing better. And we all know the challenge is going to be tough against Alabama. But I think they just need to play better and put some actual game pressure on the team on the other sideline. So I think that is really kind of what I'm looking at closely. Um, can, can you, in a noon kickoff, can you get Bama in a vulnerable spot on the road and then see what happens in the second half? Uh, that's a real question. But it's going to be tough on both sides. I mean, this is a national title contender. Um, yeah. But Kentucky's, um. got, Kentucky's got good players too. You know, we just uh, we don't need to look at it like they're playing the Monstars and Kentucky's a JV team. Like, they've got good players, too. They've got guys that can play in the NFL, too. Um, they've got what they think is a good quarterback if he's out there, too. And so let's let's just see what happens. But I think what you really want to see is Kentucky play well. You just – like the, these other games that just haven't played well. Let's see them play well against a really good team and to just let the chips fall where they may. A lot of it for me is just going to be, can they do anything in the run game? Because if you look at – I mean, Ray Davis is one of your best players, and he's averaged 2.6, 3.8 yards a carry, 3.9, three of the last four weeks. Having him involved is important, whether it's exclusively running the ball or also in the passing. Because I feel like when the ball is in his hands, good things happen. That's what we saw on that drive right before half, Freddie. Like, they couldn't run really at all all day except for that drive. Are you able to gash them for some chunk plays? Can you make Alabama play every, pay every once in a while for it? Because that's where Kentucky's at its best is in the play-action passing game. That doesn't work if you can't run the ball even just a little bit, right? you got to let Ray yeah. cook some. Yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to first down. Too many, too many uh, tackles for loss allowed on first down. But if you look at the other side, Alabama's allowed 37 sacks. That's the most in the SEC, so – 
that's an avenue that maybe Kentucky can look at uh, on Saturday because that Bama offensive line is not what we're used to seeing. It's, it, it, so it's struggled. So uh, we'll see how that works out. I like I, I like that matchup. But like Adam said, you still got to play good. And uh, that's going to have to happen to have a chance. To Freddie's point, this Alabama rushing attack hadn't run over 200 yards in an SEC game until against LSU. They haven't reached five yards per rush in an SEC game until they played LSU. We all, everyone knows that's been paying attention to college football this year how bad that LSU defense is. So this is not like this is not just well, well they're just going to hammer this rock right down our throat, and there's not much we can do about it. I think Kentucky they play well and are locked in. They're going to have some some success stopping the run. And they're going to make a Milrow pass. And you're right, the biggest weakness is he takes a lot of sacks. But a lot of that is because they're dropping back deep and they're trying to hit bombs over the top of your head. And so they're willing to take some sacks because they know they're going to hit a couple extra base hits 40, 50 yards down, down the field. Um, so if you can eliminate some of those and then you can get Milrow on the ground and you can hold your own in the run game, then you can get into a game where the, this game is in the 20s, 23-20 type game. You know, Arkansas. Yeah. Had this team on the, they were in the game in the fourth quarter in Tuscaloosa, um, so it's this is not a Bama team that's just steamrolling over teams, and so Nick, now, um, there there is a worry like Freddie mentioned. What if it? What if they're just? What if they're now just hitting the gas, and so you have to worry about that. But our, their full body of work tells us that the this is not necessarily a team that's just going to come in and win forty to ten. They really haven't done that all season, especially on the road. On the last three years on the road, when you kind of look at what they've done away from Bryant-Denny Stadium, they've kind of struggled um, in these spots. So we'll see if Kentucky can take advantage of that. They could be running out of gas, too. They've had a tough schedule this point. A couple yeah. rivalry games in the last few weeks. Uh, like I said this morning, they might not even know Kentucky was on their schedule until today. They've had so much in front of them to this point. So maybe, maybe they're due for taking one small step backwards. Nick makes a good point. He he said, "Thanks for thanks Bama for taking our O line coach." How do we think uh, there are going to be any pregame pregame pleasantries between uh, old, old Coach Wolf and uh, Mark Stoops? I, I, no. I don't know that we'll get a photo of them hugging and smiling before the game. Uh, no, there's Youngstown guys. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, they might get real Youngstown if anything. It would be great if we had a full like Petrino and Brez just grab at midfield, like. <laughs> nah, I, I'd be here for it, right? Get, get the boys fired up. What if it was Vince playing the Brez role and Wolfert playing the Bobby Petrino role? Imagine that photo. Oh man! Well, also, <laughs> I... Wolf better stay away from that corner end zone because we don't let anybody come through our corner of our end zone over there, out of our tunnel. Ask Tennessee about trying to break up our FCA prayers. Oh, man. That was something, too, by the way. I loved all the people who weren't at the game that got fired up <laughs> about it, and all the people who were at the game were like, "Did you, so you didn't see actually what happened. Um, yeah, we were fun. there in real time. Nudging them, like, that was weird. No, not a big deal at all, and that was it. Well, because I was even like looking around like, what are they doing? And then you saw what they were doing, and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, and then I love that it was also Thursday morning when people decided to get angry about it. Like, okay. If this was something, we would have been talking about it on Sunday. But, you know, that's why you can't let too many idiots get microphones, right? And there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of bad opinions out of there, a lot of bad takes. You're only getting good takes with KSR Football Podcast. You're only getting good takes from Drew Franklin. He's just going to be talking all over the radio, all over the YouTubes, everywhere. For the next 24 hours so i know people are just can't wait to hear what you have to say i'm really looking forward to uh, a rupp arena rapid reaction um at you know 11 30 tonight after a 15 point win where they new mexico state covers late truth be told i didn't know that game was at 8 p.m until i was well into my morning you know you like have your day in your mind and you're ready and like you got it i've planned it out we're about to start the show, and I'm like, crap, that game's at 8. And that one hour just threw me so off. So that, that rapid reaction is certainly going to get our best effort, whatever time that will be. Uh, uh, well, I was this I was right now when I found out this game was at 8. <laughs> so thanks for letting me know. I had no idea. Uh, I, also have a similar, <laughs> I also have a similar story. Driving back from Mississippi yesterday, I asked Pete, so what time's that game tomorrow? Uh, 
he told me eight o'clock and he was not super happy that after he explained why why is this game at eight so i think you're all, all in the same boat what who's why is this an eight o'clock game where do they play basketball games at eight o'clock i don't it's seven to nine it's been seven to nine forever uh, i don't i don't yeah. understand um we've got a we've got a seven thirty night kick at columbia that is you know not ideal for road trips that makes for a late night but a nooner on Saturday, an early morning. We don't got to wait all all day around for Alabama and Nick Saban to come to town. So get up. It's going to right now, Freddie, 55 and sunny. That's great for November football. Oh, yeah. uh, going to be nice and warm during the afternoon. Not shivering around at night. Going to be honoring our veterans on Veterans Day and also Senior Day, which is still kind of weird with all the COVID guys who already went through, through it or who are going through it and have other eligibility. But uh, – should be uh, at least a, a nice a nice send off um, for for the lads for the final home game of the year. Yeah, a lot going on. Should be a fun afternoon there at Kroger Field. Uh, I'm worried about the weather on Friday night more than I am Saturday. So uh, it's going to be a late turnaround for me. I'm going to Hart County. Uh, they play Glasgow in a Kroger KSR game of the week, and then come make my way back for the eight o'clock pregame show. So. Ooh. Should be a good, nice little turnaround. Give me the these double headers are these double headers are fun, but they don't leave a lot of time to uh, eat and sleep. Yeah, yeah, they really don't. Uh, I would love to contribute and help you talk through all of your talking, Drew. But I'm I've been I'm I've been banned. I'm a marked man by our heart. So I would I would Starkville, love to help. But, you wouldn't want yeah. to eat if all you had to offer was Starkville hot dogs. Yeah, I actually <laughs> I wanted to leave the show with this. I need to hear about Starkville. How do you ruin a hot dog? You said there's bad hot dogs in Starkville. How's that possible? I don't even know how to describe what I was eating, but it wasn't a hot dog. I mean, it was it was not warm, <laughs> lukewarm. Uh, Stephen P can back me up. It would uh, it was you know of course a uh, hot dog is just combination of meats, but these were meats that I don't know were. Should be even sanctioned, to be honest. Uh, I didn't know. I, it's called it the was, FCA. Just, <laughs> right, they were I, unqualified was, to be in a hot dog? That's what kind of I, level of meat we're talking about? I don't know what, what that was I ate, but it was not a hot dog. And it was just, uh, they were, there was plenty of leftover, and I was like, you know, Pete, we could just eat a couple hot dogs right here. We wouldn't have to stop and get some food on our way home. But um, we were like, no, I don't want definitely not eating that again. So that was... That was honestly the low point of my trip to Starkville was how bad that halftime hot dog was. Was there the, ice cream though? Did I hear there, there was? They, they do give you know you know like the little kids' birthday. They have the little cups of ice cream that you hand out with the, with the wooden those. spoon. Uh, they didn't have wooden spoons. You had the old plastic, but uh, they did have ice cream, so that was a plus. Well, at least uh, at least at least you got ice cream. You oh, know. they did have wooden spoons. I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize. Uh, oh. Gosh, can't believe you said that, Lucky. Got the wooden spoons wrong. Um, well, we're glad the Cats got right. Snapped a three-game losing streak. Stoops finally got a win on the road against an SEC West team. First win in Starkville since 08. A lot of ugly streaks that got snapped. Hopefully, Devin Leary did not take too many licks and is good to go Saturday against Alabama. We'll talk about that game and much more on 11 personnel this Wednesday. We'll also get the pigskin preview on Thursday. Drew Franklin's just going to be on the radio um, nonstop for the next yeah. uh, until forever. Yeah. Um, so hours. you can hear more from him then. Uh, but until then, uh, go Cats and go Kroger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.